Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's my belief that one of the best indicators of a Christian's spiritual maturity is what kind of an employee or employer they are. How hard of a worker they are. Where their whole heart is into it. Not as unto men, but as unto the Lord. Whatever they do, whatever their hands find to do, they do it with all their might. That honors God. And in turn, God will honor that and even reward that. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Whatever work you are to do, do it with all your heart unto the Lord. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches us that one of the ways we can test our spiritual maturity is to see what kind of employee or employer we are. If we commit all the work that we do to the Lord, it honors Him. When we honor Him, He will honor and reward us. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 with part one of his message, Christians in the Workplace. We're in Ephesians chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and today our text is chapter 6 and verses 5 through 9. The Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, verse 5, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and There is no favoritism with him. So I want to talk with you today about Christians in the workplace. This is one of those places in God's word where the context is of paramount importance. And it's going to be germane to our understanding of what is before us today. The Apostle Paul, in the previous chapter of this letter, writes concerning the filling with the Holy Spirit. That's the premise, I guess you could say. And the reason that this is so important is because everything that follows presupposes that the Christian is Spirit-filled. This is what the Apostle Paul is exhorting the church there in Ephesus concerning. When a Christian is spirit-filled, then this is what a spirit-filled husband, a spirit-filled wife, a spirit-filled family, and now a spirit-filled employee and even employer 
will look like. You know, I love this about God's word. It is so practical. It is so honest. It's the truth. And there's application in God's word, which is alive and active. And it applies to every aspect of our lives. There's something that I want to point out here before we go any further as it relates to the context. And it's that when Paul wrote this, there were, it's believed to be about 6 million slaves in the Roman Empire. And these were slaves in the sense that this was slavery. And these slaves were viewed as being less than human. And there were those slaves who were Christians, born-again Christians. And now Paul is going to address this issue, this matter of Christian slaves working for their masters. Now, why do I point this out? Because, and again, it's germane to our understanding in this sense, the only way that these Christian slaves could obey their masters is if they were spirit-filled, filled with, baptized with the Holy Spirit. In other words, it was the Holy Spirit that enabled them to obey their masters in this way as unto the Lord, as Paul writes. Let me say it this way. Absent the filling with the Holy Spirit, it would be impossible for slaves especially to work with all of their hearts as unto the Lord. Now, When one understands it in this way, it should then be more reasonable and stand to reason that for us as employees and even employers, uh, we're not slaves, but this would be more doable in our day, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you agree? In other words, if they as slaves in that day could, by way of the Holy Spirit, obey their masters as unto the Lord, how much more can we as employees, not slaves, as employees, obey our employers? You what I find interesting is that Paul would be inspired by the Holy Spirit to address this in his letter on the heels of writing about the Christian marriage and the Christian family. And this isn't the only place. It's in Colossians as well, which, by the way, is the next book after we're finished with the book of Ephesians. But let me say it again, if you don't mind. I I have to say this because it's the takeaway from the text. Absent the Holy Spirit, we have no hope of being the husbands, being the wives, being the employees, being the employers that God has called us and I'll even say commanded us to be. It seems that the importance of this rises to the level of God deeming it necessary to include it in the canon of Scripture and not just here in Ephesians, but again in Colossians where we have a parallel passage of sorts. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes to this church, Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. He says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but 
with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. That's the key, by the way. We want to talk about that here in a moment. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. And again, that applies to employee as well as employer. I'm going to say something that maybe at first might seem a little bit bold, but it's my belief that one of the best indicators of a Christian's spiritual maturity is what kind of an employee or employer they are. How hard of a worker they are, where their whole heart is into it. Not as unto men, but as unto the Lord. Whatever they do, whatever their hands find to do, they do it with all their might. That honors God. And in turn, God will honor that and even reward that. Prior to my entering the pastorate, I was both an employee and then started my own business and became an employer. So I've tasted from (laughs) the cups from both sides of this table. And over the years, the Lord has taught me a few things. And one of the things that he's taught me in this regard is that, and this is certainly true in the business world, but it's also true in the ministry as well. And that valuable lesson is that we do err greatly when we separate the sacred from the secular. And I want to explain what I mean by that. When I was in business and had my own business, my business was my ministry. There was no separation. There was no division between the two. I wasn't a Christian on Sunday. And then when I went back to work, In my business on Monday, I was completely a different person. In fact, on Tuesdays of every week, I would shut down my business and I would go serve in the church that I was a part of at the time and actually on the board of and was even a lay pastor on occasion where my pastor would have me fill in for him. And I would just shut the business down and that was the day that I would commit to serve the Lord because my business was my ministry and my ministry was my business. And it was always interesting because God really honored that. On Wednesday, I would invariably get a phone call from a buyer who would say to me, "Uh, you know, I was going to call you yesterday on Tuesday, but I got busy. So I thought I'd just give you a call today, Wednesday. And (laughs) I knew that was the Lord that was saving that business because he was honoring my commitment to serve him. It wasn't long after that. And again, I hope you don't Uh, see me differently when I say this, and I know some of you know this about me, but I'm an auto dealer. (laughs) Okay, you can chuckle. That's all right. I've been in the car business for many, many years, more so on the wholesale end, but I also had a buying service. This is back on the mainland many, many years ago. And I worked this uh, buying service to negotiate a fair price chiefly for widows, and I did it through the Automobile Association, the AAA there in Spokane, Washington. And I started doing Bible studies there at the AAA. And this was during the lunchtime, and business people from all walks of life would come, and I just taught the Word. And it was my business, but it was my ministry. Now, I'm not 
saying all of this for any other reason other than to say that I can testify to what God will do when we don't separate the sacred from the secular. Your job, do you realize that's your ministry? I started doing Bible studies in car dealerships, if you can imagine. And all these car dealers and car salesmen started coming to Christ. And here some 25 plus years later, they're still walking with the Lord. Some of them are even in the ministry today. You know, there's that verse, I know you know it, it's in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 33, that basically says, Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Not only did God bless my business and my finances, he blessed my ministry as well. And I would attribute much of what God did in that day to today being in the ministry full-time today. And by the way, I have a hard time with this whole thing of full-time ministry. (laughs) It's really lifetime. It's not full-time ministry. It's not part-time ministry. It's full-time ministry. We're all in full-time ministry, whether you realize it or not. God has you in that position, in that job, in that business for a reason. He has you uniquely positioned in a place where you can reach people that those of us in the ministry cannot. It's really interesting because after I sold my business and started my first church and entered the ministry as a pastor, I noticed this change take place in how people saw me. Now all of a sudden, I'm the clergy. I'm the man of the cloth. Well, my shirt's 100% cotton, but that's about as far as it goes. And all of a sudden now there was this built-in chasm between the laity and the clergy. And I hated it. Because now all of a sudden I, I had lost that ability to reach people that I could have otherwise reached were I not a pastor. Do you see where I'm going with this? You can reach people that I cannot in that workplace, that co-worker, that boss, <laughs> that employer. We'll get to this in just a moment if you'll be patient with me. But you might think that your boss is the Antichrist. He's not. She's not. <laughs> How do you know that God didn't put you in that company for that boss, for that employer, for that co-worker? Oh my goodness, I could share so many experiences, and I'm sure you have many experiences that you could share where I've witnessed this firsthand, not just in my life, but in the life of others as well. Isn't it interesting that when somebody gets that diagnosis from the doctor, that they come to the Christian and ask the Christian to pray for them? You know, I've heard it said this way, that non-Christian co-worker, that non-Christian employer, that non-Christian employee, they're looking at your Christian life. They're, like the Apostle Paul says, reading your life like a letter. They're reading your Christian life. They're asking themselves two questions. Is it real and does it work? I've shared about how that many years ago when I was at the time working for Mercedes-Benz and there was this guy that I just was convinced he woke up every morning 
And the first thought that came to his mind is how he can torment me and steal my commissions from me (laughs) and make my life miserable. This guy was, I mean, to say he was a thorn in my flesh would be a gross understatement. This guy had it out for me. So I just prayed. I said, I won't tell you exactly how I prayed, but (laughs) why are you laughing? You prayed that way too, it sounds like. (laughs) But I just prayed, God, please, I mean, let him find a job somewhere else, (laughs) right? Let me find a job somewhere else, but uh, this is horrible, and I would just dread (laughs) going into work every day, and this guy was just in my face, and just such a sort of persecuting me, I guess you might say. And I I saw it for what it was. And then God answered my prayer in ways that I had no idea he would. So this guy ends up getting a job somewhere else and actually leaves Spokane and goes to the coast and into the Seattle area. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Wow, there's power in prayer. Praise the Lord. So a couple, three years go by. And I'm in uh, town, and I'm kind of late, and I'm trying to get someplace. And there's this car in front of me, and it's like stopping traffic, and it's cutting off people. And it was in my way, and I'm like, what in the world? What's up with this, you know? In Hawaii, we call them tourists. But anyway, so, (laughs) sorry, that was, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) You feel my pain, right? (laughs) I try to have compassion. Lord, give me grace. But so I I pull around him and try to get in front of him. And then I look in my rearview mirror only to find that he's following me and flashing his lights at me and signaling me to pull over. I'm like, Lord, what is up with this? So I'm thinking maybe my gas flap is open. I got, you know, my coats hanging out from the door or something's going on. I don't know. So I pull over and who should walk out of this car but this guy? And, you know, just being the godly man that I am, I I rolled down my window that much. (laughs) You know, and it was one of these, what do you, what do you want? Leave me alone. You're still, you're following me all these years later. Leave me alone. Until I saw the tears streaming down his face as he says that he was just about to get on the on-ramp to go back to Seattle. And he prayed one last time that he would find me before he went back to Seattle so he could share with me that he came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? Yeah, we could clap. All the glory goes to God because I sure can't take credit for it. I'm thinking I totally blew it with this guy. So anyway, when he was back in town one day later, he and his wife and my wife and I went out to dinner. Get this. He proceeded to tell me that he was testing me and that he would actually think about, you know, in the morning, how he could get to me. I, I knew it. I knew it. Oh. <laughs> but he was testing me to see if I was the real deal or not. And apparently I was, <laughs> I guess I passed the test. He said, I, I couldn't break you. I go, really? <laughs> you, you totally broke me. I, I totally thought my sanctification fled from me. He said, no, 
I watched you. And every time you had a miscarriage, we had three miscarriages close in proximity one to the other. And he watched me from the sidelines. He wanted to know if my faith was real and if my faith worked. And he wanted my faith to be real and he wanted my faith to work. They're looking for that because they need that in their life. They want you to be the real deal because if you're the real deal and it's working for you, then that means it'll work for them too. And don't they need something that works? That was just the introduction. So we're, <laughs> this is, this is where our text comes into play. Paul is providing us with the characteristics of the Christian employee and the Christian employer. And I want to preface this before we again go any further by saying that I don't want to teach this as this is the way we need to be as Christians. No, please don't go away with that impression. It's not, this is the way we need to be. This is the way we will be when we're filled by the Holy Spirit. I always ask the Lord to check my heart on this. I never want to stand up here behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do, and ever say, you know, to you, you need to, we need to, you better. No. It's more like this. This is the beautiful painting of the picture of a spirit-filled Christian on the canvas of the Christian's workplace. This is what that picture will look like. This is what it will be like. This is what that Christian employee and employer will act like. That's how I want us to understand. These are characteristics of the spirit-filled employee and the Spirit-filled employer. A Spirit-filled employee will obey their employer. A Spirit-filled employee will respect their employer. A Spirit-filled employee will be sincere with their employer. That's honesty and integrity, a work ethic. It's not working only when they're watching you. It's been said that The best Christian is the one that's a Christian when nobody's looking. Who are you when nobody's looking? There is one that's looking. You know who that is. That's the Lord. Yeah, but they need to see how hard I'm working. No, no, no. The Lord sees. Yeah, but I want them to see. No, no, no. The Lord sees. Hey, who are you working for anyway? Are you working for them? Are you trying to please them? Or are you working to please the Lord? At the end of the day, when you drive home, super tired, it's a good tired, but you're super tired. Who is it that you've pleased in the end? Are you a man pleaser or are you a God pleaser? Thanks for being part of our time here today on In Spirit and Truth. We hope you've learned something new from the book of Ephesians and that it's given a new perspective to you on your relationship with Jesus. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week, so be sure to visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com today. Follow the link to our Facebook page where you can join the conversation and fill your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website, 
in spiritandtruthradio.com, as well as more information about who we are as a body of believers. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Now, we also want to let you know that you can still hear Pastor J.D.'s teachings through our online resources at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Simply click listen on the top of the page to find these messages by Pastor J.D. in various books of the Bible. Along with that, we invite you to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. This weekly update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. Join Pastor J.D. each Friday and Saturday for the Mideast Prophecy Update on our YouTube channel or download our mobile app to have these updates right at your fingertips. Find it all at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share next time on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me to